Welcome everyone back to another edition of Cleve and Me. As the crew gets set to take on a few things tonight. Uh, you know, there was a couple of weeks off, a lot of scheduling conflicts uh, going on. But hey, it happens. We're, you know, we're getting prepared as we get towards for the WWE Survivor Series. We're getting prepared, you know, for the Royal Rumble that's already going to be here in, you know, eight to ten weeks. AEW has a pay-per-view coming this weekend. Uh, in full gear, which we're going to talk about those matches when I bring Cleveland in and Tones will join us in a bit. But before we do any of the grunt work on AEW, before you know, we really dive into that match card, which is lining up to be pretty good, uh, there's a lot to talk about post-WWE. We did a, uh, a pre-show for uh, the last pay-per-view that was overseas on uh, a couple, a couple weeks on a set, a couple weeks ago on a Saturday. Uh, personally, overall, I think they did a pretty good job with the pay per view. Uh, you know, I don't have really thinking back on it now. It's been a while, but off the top of my head, I don't have too many complaints. Uh, the way the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar match ended that was a little funky to me. Outside of that. I didn't really see uh, anything go too wrong there. Uh, Cleve, as I bring you in here, my man, uh, how the heck we doing? I know uh, it's in the evening time for me, but the daytime for you, enjoying a day off. And uh, yeah, real quick, I you know I didn't I didn't think there was anything overly uh, negative in that last WWE pay per view, but bring something to the table uh, that you could have thought they did uh, they improved on. Um, well, hello everybody. It's been a while since we've been on, like Joe mentioned. I'm feeling good today, enjoying this wonderful off day, this beautiful afternoon. Um, I think you hit it right on the head. I was very disappointed in the uh, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley match. I was confused on the ending of it and why Bobby Lashley was so aggressive, but I think after reading articles and seeing him lately on Raw, it seems that Bobby Lashley has one full-blown heel, which is an interesting move, seeing how the crowd is really, really behind Bobby, and now they switched him over to the heel role. So I thought that was uh, quite interesting. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about the pay per view was the tag, the women tag team champions changing hands so fast. Um, I thought that was a bit just made no sense. Why would you make Alexa and Oscar win it just for them to drop the titles? Literally, what would be like five days later? Um, I, I, I did. I remember us talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, it probably won't happen. But hey, you know, just sometimes with these veteran stars, really quick, like Bliss and Asuka, where they don't have a full singles direction, to me, it's okay to give them a quick title and lose it like they did the Miz. Or they, I'm fine with the quick title a lot. Every time you have a new champion, if you're going to put the titles back up so quickly, that doesn't mean the champs are just going to win to counter your point. Well, here's the only thing I would say about that. It was different when they're already, like, established championships, like the Intercontinental Champion of the United States, even the main belts, WWE champions, where a guy wins them and he loses them within a month. The women's tag team champions have just not – they've been around for almost three years now and just still seems like they're just, like – they don't have, like, the same prestige as these other belts. Even the – the NXT UK belt had more prestige than the women's tag team champion belt. So 
that was my only thing. I understand that, you know, you can lose them within a day or so. I've seen it a million times. Zach Ryder's one of that. Looks like they, speaking of losing it in a day, they tossed away that 24-7 title. Thank goodness. Even though I think, (laughs) even though Nikki asked Mr. Trash Can, I think it was a, it was symbolic in a way of basically saying this title was trash. And they, now here's my thing though, right? What if they didn't actually, what if our truth, because I know he just had surgery. So what if he comes back and he just discovers the championship belt and brings it back out? I mean, I don't, I think we might've seen the end of it, but I, it's still possible. What if that. he comes back as a heel and it turns into actually what it's supposed to be, the hardcore title? It probably won't happen, but that I'm thinking, what if he comes back and realizes, why was I being so stupid and funny? And goes back to heal our truth, and then that 24 7 title turns into the hardcore title. That's true. Or they could replace the 24. Because I've seen, um, I think What Culture actually did a little article about it, and they were suggesting titles that could replace the 24 7 belt. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I saw one of them with the television, the TV title. And for a lot of our older fans, they realized how big of a title that was back in the 90s and WCW and ECW where the title will be defended each week because it was a television title so you could possibly find something to replace it with I mean they also talk about a women's middle card champion which I know a lot of the divas I mean women wrestlers have been pushing for a while to get a middle card champion for we don't week. need it we don't need it but I mean you know how you know how it is Joe it's you know the women's movement. Like, like you said, though, they didn't even they they got to build up the tag team titles better before they do that. I think that I think the middle card belt will have way more success than a women's tag team champion, just because they don't have any real women's tag team champions. But there's a lot of women that are on the roster that doesn't get TV time or nothing like that, or not good enough for the main belt. So instead of just having them float around backstage in limbo, why not? just have them fight for this middle champion. But here's my last thing about the pay-per-view. Logan Paul, in a way, proved me wrong. I will say he put on a phenomenal match. I still am not a fan of his. I'm not a fan of his. I still don't think that he should ever be Uh Uh-oh, it looks like we might have lost Cleveland for a minute here. But, man, I was just really enjoying his uh, embracing of Mr. Logan Paul. Um, Man, that bites me. I really wanted him to finish that statement off. I know he was going to say something maybe negative, and the God spoken because his camera just stopped working out of nowhere. So, you know, what I look at, you know, going to the main event and and going piggyback off of what Cleveland was kind of saying Logan Paul and Roman Reigns impressed in the ring. Now, if I had to throw any uh, slight into that, uh, Jake Paul's punches to me were kind of funny. Uh, uh, I mean, there wasn't really like anything bad with it. Obviously, he's not a WWE star yet or anything like that, but uh, his punches were lame, lame as shit. But, uh, Cleve, what were you saying about your. You were going to say something stupid, probably, but I'm going to let you finish anyway. Oh. <laughs> I was impressed with Logan Paul's performance. Um, I, you know, he impressed me a bit, but I still, you know, this is just my only criticism with a lot of people that I've seen on. He tore his ACL and his MCL. 
Well, that, yeah, that, that, that's unfortunate that happens. And it also probably shows that it was probably too soon for him in a big title picture or whatnot because, you know, big things like that, a lot of pressure. You got to, you know, a lot of pressure to perform. But the only thing I hate about this whole Logan Paul hype, as I like to call it, is people are saying he's better than half the roster. They're like, let's just relax a little bit. Because a lot of these guys that are on the roster do this all year round. Don't think that he's impressive in the ring. And they even saw one guy said that he was better than when Kurt Angle first came around. And I was just like, like, we're people are so overhyping this Logan Paul moment. I think that is what's really making me not become a big fan of Logan Paul. He's good in the ring, doesn't get me wrong, but he still has a long way to go before he can be considered better. Yeah, and now just and now just like a lot of superstars, he's gonna be sidelined for a bit and uh, we learned this week Kevin Owens and Rey Mysterio had some injuries. So uh, Randy Orton's been out a while, Cody Rhodes, and that's just in WWE as AEW has their injuries too. But it definitely messes things up. And now we won't see him for a while. So we're in, still in, a rookie and unknown. I mean, he's had a few matches. He's had a couple of TV appearances. But um, now it's going to be a little bit of a hiatus again. So who really knows what happens with that? Who really knows how long he – I mean, he loves it. He might have proven his point. Um, I do think jumping, uh, you know, doing the frog splash onto the table, uh, even a couple non-wrestling fans saw that as we were watching college football in the pay-per-view, and they're like, oh, man, that was like – so that that was uh, entertaining to say the least. Um, but moving on from the pay-per-view alone because we can't do a full recap, it's been a while now. Nobody wants to hear that uh, – all that nonsense, but I thought it was important to at least pull a couple of things from it. Uh, as you said, the title changed hands in the uh, women's tag team, which now Damage Control has a little bit more gold on their side. We'll see what happens going to the Survivor Series, uh, going to that. But, you know, we haven't really talked on SmackDown in depth in some people's storylines in a little bit. Uh, Cleve, I know we want to bring Austin Theory to the forefront. And what I'm going to say is this. I've seen a lot um, on social media and on the internet, everything about, yeah, we get it how Austin Theory, you know, was winning too much, but now he's losing too much. And I'll have my counter to that. The one thing I do want to say is, even though he said it well last night on Monday Night Raw, for those who don't know, he cashed in his money in the bank on the United States title. Why did he do that? That's because when you tie two titles up with Roman Reigns, which is fine, it's working. But when you tie both of them together and you have Roman be unbeatable, Theory's logic was, and he stayed on Raw, hey, I'm not going to be able to cash in on There's the Usos. So I like the explanation for all that. However, to me, you still do not cash in on the United States Championship. Even when the United States Championship is at its best, it's not on the level of the WWE or Universal title or going back into the day of the heavyweight title. So that's where the mistake was made. They could have had Theory just lose it uh, on the main, you know, on the to Roman Reigns and one of the pay-per-views. They could have just had him lose. But he had a good point. He's like, look, I tried to cash in. Theory was there also. I tried to get Bobby Lashley. So they did piece it together well. And they recovered greatly with theory, but I'm still never going to agree that they should have used it on the United States title. 
And Cleveland, you're shaking your head. You seem to agree with that. So I want to talk about more the thing we disagree on. And that is, to me, last night, theory came full circle. And they're doing a character change now. Instead of giving that gimmick with the cell phone, the selfies, you know what? He He's tired of being a fanboy. He wants to be more taken seriously. And he realizes he has to become a badass. And I think he proved that last night in his main event match. Uh, well, not match, his main event segment where he took out Seth Rollins. He took out Finn Balor. He, he's upset now, and he's going to come for a vengeance retort. So I agree, because I, I already know your perspective. I agree with the money in the bank shouldn't be cashed in the way it was on the United States title. But I disagree that they're using Austin Theory poorly because I think we're going to see a lot more positive over the next few months. All of that to you, I'm Mr. Theory. Um, I will agree that I think it was ridiculous to use the Money in the Bank briefcase. The one shot that a wrestler has to cash in at any point when a wrestler is down at his weakest. Don't get me wrong, like you mentioned, the United States champion is very prestigious. It's been around since I think the first one was 1975. It is one of the most prestigious belts in the wrestling business. But it is not the world's or the main. It's not the heavyweight. It's not the big title, basically. I would have not been mad if Austin Theory cashed in on the NXT champion just because that is seen as a, a world's champion type. But I was just sort of like, I could, I was, I don't know, I was very pissed off the first time it happened. But after looking at it yesterday, I can slowly see why Triple H did it. For a lot of our older fans and even our younger fans, if you remember when Randy Orton first won the world's champion, in 2004, when he came Chris Benoit, he was clearly not ready for the World Heavyweight Champion. It was shown in the segments, the promo that he did. That's why he dropped it within a month. And Triple H was around Randy Orton at the point when Randy Orton first won the belt. So maybe Triple H saw that and realized, hey, maybe Theory's not ready for this title. And let's just not put a title on him like we did Jinder Mahal or Great Khali, all these other guys that had no business winning the belt. And let's just let change his character. Because I did notice that as I was reading. I noticed he didn't have his phone with him. And I was like, that's very interesting because he usually comes out with that stupid phone. Don't get me wrong. I like Barry, but the phone gimmick thing was just stupid. It was ridiculous. Why are you taking a selfie video? Come on. But you see a more serious Austin theory. He's probably feel embarrassed and ashamed of himself for cashing in and losing his opportunity. There's only three people, him, John Cena, and Baron Corbin, have had failed cash games. He was the only one for a middle card champion. So maybe this is a um, maybe this is a long-term storyline, which a lot of us fans love, even though we got the ones that complain about it. Um, we did just see John Cena supposed to be making a return at WrestleMania. Why not have the youngest guy on the roster, also theory, I think 25 years old, go up against John Cena with this new character that we hopefully get to see within these next coming weeks. And that'll be sort of a passing the torch moment because I don't care what anybody says. You can hate theory, you can love him. He is the future of this business. Everything about theory oozes potential. His mic skills, his ring skills, his physique, everything about him reads a future champion of this business. I do, I do agree, like your point of. I was thinking him and Cena are kind of going to be done with now, but I now that he's turned real like badass and he's getting serious, they could definitely be like, "Hey, kid, I don't know what you think you're doing around here. I was the face that ran this place for many 
lifetimes, a couple of decades. I don't know, you know, what you think you're doing. So they could pull that off. I don't mind that at all. Um, Speaking of uh, that, though, you said John Cena. I'll bring up another name. It does Stone Cold Steve Austin, WWE, it was reported by many, did get offered another match. And he is training and looks even better than he did at the last Mania. Clave, I'll ask you this. Um, do you want to see another Stone Cold match after what you saw out of uh, Kevin Owens and him? And number two, if you just quickly, we're not going to wait, but if you could pick somebody to go up against Stone Cold, would you rather have it be another, we won't, don't have to say who, but would you rather have it be another legend or a young person? First, I'm going to go, I think Austin looked good. For his age, he looked real good against Kevin Owens. I think a lot of it was just we haven't seen Austin wrestle in a long time. A lot of people that did watch that match that was around my age, we were all probably still, I think, uh, I can't even go back, I think 10 years old or something. But it, it was so surreal to see Austin back in the ring. And you're right. I saw the videos on Twitter of him working out. He looks in excellent shape. I'm going to name a wrestler. It may be a long shot. It may not even happen, but. The Rock and Austin have always that probably had the greatest feud in WWE, WWF at the time, and I would have not mind to see a part four between those guys, but it's a long shot. I know The Rock probably tied up with Roman Reigns, but for all our WWF Attitude Era fans, that would be just a really cool moment to see Rock and Austin one more time at Mania. And I did see that. I did see that potential. Now, so you're saying you'd rather see that than Roman versus Rocket Mania? Only because it was it's something of a childhood type thing that I remember watching all three Austin versus Rock matches, and Austin still has a two-to-one advantage on the Rock. So I would love to see a fourth match between them and just call it that. Because, I mean – Cody Rhodes, could but, be it, but but my thing is, is I mean, it could be a great match, but at the same time, it's it's like you know, it's not going to relove up to anything that was in the past. It's kind of like all the you know the new Halloween movies with Michael Myers and all that. Everyone's going to still watch. It's going to yeah. be talked about, but you can't pull off what you got had in the nineties, no matter what. But if, we're talk, but if we're talking about making money, it seems that that's what they. Were oh, when it comes to money, it would be a. I mean, the Rock and Austin shirts and sell off the sell off the racks. Be all over the talk of the town of the the rest of the world to see a part four. It would just be like when Hogan came back to face the Rock. It would just be one of those type of surreal moments. But like I said, it's a long shot because I think the Rock is going to be the guy to challenge Roman at the at the WrestleMania. But we also still got Cody Rhodes over there. You know, probably coming back in the Royal Rumble, and I know you love Cody Rhodes, so. Oh, I cannot wait. Adrenaline. Cody could be the guy. Sammy. It's it's really three possibilities for Roman. I've really seen the Sammy Zayn possibility creeping up more and more recently. Hey, um, you know, I know you wanted to talk theory. I got a quick one for you, and I know it wasn't a big piece of Monday Night Raw, but Shelton Benjamin got back in the ring uh, yesterday, and it's funny because Tones is over and you know how he does not like Judgment Day. He does not like Don Mysterio. Um, Don Mysterio beat Shelton thanks to some help and all that. But uh, it was good to see Shelton get back in there. And I hope, what do you think about this? Judgment Day's bashing up on 
Shelton Benjamin, eventually Lashley, Cedric noticed all this. Maybe after, I honestly, I wouldn't even mind if you brought Omos into the Hurt Business. Let's get, let, let, let's, I could see an angle where you can maybe get the Hurt Business back and going because Lashley did say it's not gone forever. Uh, don't play with my feelings like that, Joe. You know how much you played I mine with Cody Rhodes. You played mine with Cody you know, Rhodes. I thought the Hurt Business was probably the best thing they have did in years. And first, I just want to say it is great to see Shelton Benjamin back on the te- back on the main roster. Man, a lot of people don't realize Shelton Benjamin is probably the most underrated guy that's been in wrestling the past twenty years because he should have been a world champion at least one time in his career. He's phenomenal in the ring. He's always had the looks. His promos were eh, but when you're that good a guy in the ring, come from a wrestling background like Shelton Benjamin, you don't really need Mike work. So it's great to see him back on the main roster wrestling with these young guys. I know he wrestled Theory last week, and he's got Dominic Mysterio, but that's a huge possibility. You know, Judgment Day keeps beating up on Shelton, then Cedric comes back, because Cedric's another guy, another misused talent today. He's not great on the mic, but his finisher, the lumbar check, he's really good in the ring, and it would be dope to see 23 the Hurt Business make some return as, as a heel. You want to hear a messed up, not to cut you off, you want to hear a messed up statistic I heard on a oh. uh, Raw character, AJ Styles? He has not won a singles match in a pay-per-view since 2019. AJ Styles? AJ Styles has not won a singles match on a pay-per-view card since 2019. I think that's going to change. I think he'll I think he'll uh, beat Finn Balor at uh, Survivor Series to take care of that record. But I was just like, damn. It makes you think sometimes you go back and look and – with all the stars and the little titles, just like in all sports, there's only one champion every year. It's it, it kind of it, – it's not – I don't want to say finding out something like that is, is always shocking because of how much talent there is, but it's like you could use an AJ Styles win against Finn Balor at the Survivor Series, which we'll predict in a couple weeks. Um, also on top of that, well, like I said, we're going to have B- Tones joining us for the second half of the show as we are still in the first half of this wrestling game, as we call it, we're on the 40-yard line, and we're going to keep marching. Um, We talked a few things on Raw. To update people on a few things going down on SmackDown is this. We have a, you know, the FIFA World Cup's coming up. That match the day after Thanksgiving for USA Soccer. Good luck to them. On SmackDown, because it's on Fox, they're trying to promote that. They're doing a World Cup tournament to see who will fight Gunther for the IC title. And there were a couple of matches. We had Santos Escobar, who's a part of Selena Vega's new group ever since they returned as a faction, defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. And we also had Braun Strowman defeating Jinder Mahal, Tim Crowley's boy, after landing his trademark uh power slam so those were a couple matches we'll have more this friday um we'll work its way down and we'll find out who the final four uh will be on that one i know once we get uh things cracking and going here we already talked a little bit about uh that world cup tournament but now bray wyatt i thought this is interesting and cleve you brought it up before the show started 
uh, we were just kind of talking like, what are the, where are the storylines? Where do we want to go at uh, with what's going on? SmackDown, they now have Bray Wyatt had a little interview. Uh, it wasn't really his interview. It was more LA Knight's interview backstage. And LA Knight from NXT, uh, as many people know him as, he's now changed back to LA Knight, which is a really good move by Triple H. That's where his character was at his best. If you're if you're like who the hell is LA Knight and you listen to us, he's kind of uh, he's a heel. He's got that cocky attitude. I I don't want to put him on MJF Miz level, but it sure uh, fits that mold of a character and who he is. So Bray Wyatt interrupts him, yada yada yada. And what do you know? Uh, Bray Wyatt at the end of it, after LA Knight talks so much crap, he's like, I've had enough. Had butts him, and that segment ends but um it's bray wyatt's first my point of bringing that up it's his first interaction uh you know really with somebody uh another superstar so i'm intrigued to see uh because you know we've seen a lot of vignettes we see a lot of these uncle howdy's all these things about bray wyatt versus his internal demons it's he's so great because he can make storylines of just himself and have the heel in the face and do all that good stuff but now to see him actually have a little story behind the scenes uh, Cleve, I don't know what you think. For Bray Wyatt, would you go? Would you go with him against LA Knight, or would you keep having him do these back, you know, behind the scenes interviews where he's messing with people and keep doing it that way, or do we go right into an LA Knight storyline and maybe we have a match here? Yeah, LA oh, Knight, yeah, here we go. A lot of people want to see how he is in the ring. It's been a while since Bray Wyatt has had a match. So I think a lot of fans want to actually see does he still have it. And it's another way to elevate a new talent like LA Knight, who is originally from NXT. I'm pretty sure a lot of people on the main roster, the main roster fans do not watch NXT, including myself, and I like that. So we don't we are not too familiar with a lot of these stars that come up from the NXT roster so i think this is a good way to introduce him back introduce him to the crowd because i remember he was with the that stupid model group on smackdown um yeah and they're still they're still kind of around but i think i like this direction this feed is going and maybe i don't know maybe la knight is joins the wyatt family or something maybe somewhere down the road but i'm i'm like this feud for the moment yeah i'm trying to see Man, that model crew, there's they still fight some matches, but I was trying to see. Uh, uh, poor, uh, poor Monsoor and uh, his buddy, but anyways, yeah, you know what? I, I think they're not going to go that direction, I think they'll keep him more just kind of attacking people and going behind the scenes. We'll have to see what kind of happens there. Um, but I don't think. He's going to have a match just yet. I think they're going to keep eking us out, keep more buying into the storyline before we get an actual match. I would love to see a match because it's been shit, about a year and a half since we've seen him in in-ring action. I'd be safe to say with that. So definitely something I'm looking forward to. Another thing that where people want to be updated on the SmackDown side of things is we were looking for our next opponent for um, 
Ronda Rousey if she is the SmackDown's Women Championship. And we found it with Shotzi. Shotzi won a six-pack challenge with Lacey Evans, Limborg, and Sonya Deville, Raquel, and Zia Lee. And it's funny because Cleve and I were recording last week and we had technical difficulties. And then, so we stopped the show. We didn't download it. It was a mess. But I did say, you know, I could see Shotzi uh, coming up with this win for in a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, she's more of a face right now. She's young. She doesn't need to have a win. She's not necessarily going to get buried because no one expects her to win anyways. Uh, Liv just had her chance. So after narrowing down the option, it came on her. Now, my question to you, Cleve, is this. How, how would this storyline, not just if you're excited or not about Ronda Vershatsky, because most would say probably not, but how would you make this storyline appealing to the eye, knowing that there's going to be a lot of doubters in the storyline of Shotzi and Ronda Rousey. I think you would have to use promos to get the match over as believable, just the same way with Liv Morgan in the Ronda fight, because you made a very good point. I don't think a lot of people have Shotzi standing the chance against Ronda, but if they are able to sail and hype this match up to be to make it, you know, make this match believable, then it's possible that it can work. But the wild card of this entire match, match feud could be Shayna Baszler, who it seems like she's resorted back to her old ways, the queen of spades. She took out Shotzi last Friday. So she's going to be a wild card in that feud also. So I think with promos and then Shayna Baszler lurking in the background, I think you could possibly make this feud believable. Will Shayna join Ronda or eventually turn on Ronda? Oh, you know what? Because I would love to just see her straight team up and make a little pact and be like, hey, you know, your time's going to come, Shayna, but while I'm waiting, let's just go out there and kick some ass. That's what I – I don't think they'll do that, but that's what I would do. I think they'll team up for now, but I'm going to be honest, I would not mind seeing these two tangle at WrestleMania. Shayna versus Ronda, WrestleMania for the Women's SmackDown champion. I think that'll be a match a lot of us want to see, seeing how their former UFC backgrounds and whatnot different. They basically have somewhat of the same submission-type style strikers, so I think team up for now, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see this on a WrestleMania card this next year. And, I mean, it... it... Next year, you're saying Shayna versus Ronda? 23, yes. Okay, so for the next, even the next Mania, that's what you're hoping it ends up being. Yeah. Because you're right, Char- what do you think? Uh, I guess Charlamagne and Bianca may be on the other side, finally eliminate all the four horsewomen. Uh, yeah, because I don't think Charlamagne's faced Bianca uh, yet, correct? I think that's the last one. Or that like, is the last, that she's the last woman. Yeah, she did beat Sasha Mania. Then she beat Becky. She already beat Bailey. So, yeah, I think you can – ooh, that would be a really good match. Charlotte versus Bianca. That's going to have to – to me, if they're keeping – if they're going to keep having the ti- – and that we got a little off track here, but if they're going to keep having the title on Bianca, it's got to end with end or begin with Charlotte. With the queen. I definitely – I 100% agree with that. 
All right, now um, let me check back here at a couple of things. I I went over this. Uh, give me your thoughts on for the IC uh, World Cup matches to see who gets uh, gets to be the number one contender. Uh, Strowman defeated Jinder. Santos Escobar, with help from his faction, defeated Shinsuke. Uh, give me your quick thoughts on both of those. And if you if you think who has a better chance of winning this tournament, in your opinion, Strowman or Santos Escobar? There's other matches to be had on Friday, but those are the only two winners we have so far. So, um, so first of all, it was nice to see Jinder Mahal back on the main roster. Um, <laughs> I like Jinder. I think he's a perfect middle card type heel, so it's nice to see him back. But I think I'll go Braun Strowman here, just because I don't think WWE will book a heel versus heel. And Walter, whatever, Gunther, whatever you want to call him, he's still a heel. And I'm pretty sure Escobar is a heel, so I don't think they would want to book a heel versus heel. But, man, Braun Strowman and Walter, that is a very intriguing matchup between two big guys like that, two different type of styles too. Braun is more of a powerhouse. Walter, you know, he's, he's a powerhouse too, but he's – He's a different type of powerhouse. Yeah. Now, I will say, I don't know if you've been reading the reports, but it seems Braun Strowman has caught a lot of backstage heat from his... Yeah, for his what is he making comments on, uh, like, the, this... Because I also saw that uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett, J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E-double-T, good segment into a good story behind the scenes and on the screen. For those that don't know... Braun Strowman came at the little guys, we'll call it, even though they would still kick both of our asses. But the high-flying wrestlers, uh, if I'm not – correct me where I'm wrong, Cleveland, but he kind of came at them. He had a little back and forth with Ricochet on Twitter, uh, and I think maybe Ali. And then Jeff Jarrett, when he brought out the seven-foot-two um, guy for AEW, he kind of took a little jab at Strowman, so – Strowman did catch a little heat. Cleveland, I want your thoughts on it. And if I miss anything on any of that story, please fill us in. Well, you definitely are correct. Because I seen, I think he made a comment about this big man doesn't wear red jeans or red pants or something like that. So it was yeah. definitely a shot at Braun Strowman. But I also read that Braun Strowman has been showing up late and leaving early before everyone else. Apparently, he's got like this snob attitude backstage. And I think. I think the WWE officials contact him and, you know, talk to him. But that's just something to look out for because you would think the guy that just came back to I was going to say that at least could be short. That's what I'm saying because, you know, let's be honest, this is not the Vince McMahon of old. Triple H is bringing back new talent every other week. So Braun Strowman doesn't get his act together. He's going to lose it. And we've seen a lot of big men. I don't know if you remember Big Cass from a few years ago. They were pushing him to the moon. Vince McMahon wanted to push this man to the world's title picture. The problem with Big Cass was he had an attitude problem in the locker room. People didn't want to work with him. He didn't want. To, he wasn't a workable guy. So I would hate for Braun Strowman to fall into that category because he seems he's a really good in the ring. He's a big presence. Fans really like him, but. No one wants to deal with a locker room problem. No one, I don't care, especially if you're not worth the problems that you bring. You know what I mean? Like, Well, and just like I said, it's just, 
you know, I don't want to go off of too much speculation, but I mean, to me, when you get back in, you got you got to bust hump. You got to you know, you got to you got to continue to move on, and that's disappointing if that if there is any truth to that speculation at all. Um, because I wasn't, I'm a fan of bringing him back, but Hey, let's let, put in the effort, put in the work. Uh, you, you weren't championship worthy that much when you were in your first one. Let's see if you could get to that point. Uh, and it starts with this icy title. It will be very interesting to me then, since there is these kind of stories, this things going about about him, it will be very telling if he loses his next contenders match or he wins it. Um, cause to me, all that stuff at the end of the day. Uh, plays a factor so and then going on because eventually we're going to be transitioning to AEW here Jeff Jarrett uh, going to the point where I brought him up uh, he on last week's AEW Dynamite because newsflash for those that don't know I brought it up once or twice before but we're close now Tones, I and another buddy are going to AEW Dynamite next Wednesday which is the post- pay-per-view show for full gear which we're going to get into um so that's going to be really exciting and thinking about we're thinking about getting some new shirts seeing what lines up uh having some fun with it but jeff jarrett who returned uh not returned debuted in aew he had the seven two satnam sing and he uh and i quote this ain't no make-believe monster who wears red skinny jeans and they're produced by the banana no no circus direct shot and Mr. Strowman and he goes, look, you know, you have to you have to spice things up sometimes. And I don't blame Jeff Jarrett for doing it. Now, I don't think Santon Singh, he hasn't proven dog yet. So that would be my counterpoint is at least Braun Strowman, he's been through the ringer. Uh, you cannot, you know, you go back and look at many things from the Wyatt squad. I mean, he, he's been in this for a decade in the WWE at a minimum. So I'm not going to let some Satnam Singh guy who's barely done anything overtake that yet. But uh, interesting storyline you brought up, and I'm glad you did because uh, I was looking at I, – I, it's been cracking me up, and it deserves some uh, deserves some hype for sure. Uh, Cleve, let's – you know, though, since we got to talk some Raw and SmackDown – uh, we're going to be talking heavy WWE the next couple of weeks with the pay-per-view coming up. We're definitely going to be here one week from today. Again, Tuesday record, drop on Wednesday morning. That is facts only uh, to talk a lot more uh, WWE and then post uh, full gear. Really quickly, let's go into... So on AEW, before we get into the pay-per-view, Cleve, they're having, and I'm going to tune in tomorrow, they're having their AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. So, for example, it started with eight people. Um, Now they're down to five as they had a few of the matches. Ethan Page has left Bandito, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. But it'll be tomorrow to determine who's in the final four. And then those four, five guys will be down to one. And then the winner of MJF versus Moxley would be the first opponent for this person. Let's get right into it because after looking at that, I don't think any of those names 
are beating MJF or Moxley right off the bat. So that this is one of those cleave. I'm this is kind of random, but this is the perfect. I don't want to win this tournament because you're not going to win the title, in my opinion. Do do you get what I'm saying by that? Like you're gonna you're gonna we're gonna get into these matches as tones is gonna be brought in here. We're gonna go through the nine or ten matches that are on that card. But uh you know whoever wins MJF versus Moxley is not going to lose right after. So it's kind of one of those tournaments where as a kid, you're like, all right, number one contenders match. You're rooting for your guy to get to the top. But uh, really when you get older and you understand the long-term storytelling of wrestling, anybody in that tournament. And again, I'll say we have uh, Ethan page, bandito, Lance Archer, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage. None of those guys are going to sniff MJF from Moxley right after they win the title. Uh, next week i agree if you were satisfied with just being a number one contender if that's one of your life goals then yes you would be happy about it but i agree sometimes it's just you see number one contender type matches we see it in the past and you're just like um okay who we really don't care the outcome because we know that especially if njf ends up taking the belt off moxley which it seems i think I read somewhere that Dean might be going on a vacation break soon. So, well, he was stripped of his vacation thanks to CM Punk doing all that stupid crap. Yeah, so that that's and I think it's long overdue for him, and I think it's long overdue for MJF to finally hold the AEW World Champion. So, you make a good point. Whoever wins this tournament would just probably just say, "Hey, you know, I was the number one contender," but I don't think anyone believes any one of those guys are going to knock off MJF. And, hey, if anybody does win it, you might as well give it – I mean, they're all actually – Lance Archer's a little older, but it will be a good spotlight for a lot of those young guys, no doubt. Um, and they don't pick who wins. I'm just saying it, it's written on the wall to me there. But, anyways, we got Mr. Tampa Tones joining us right now. Um, Tones, you know, we talked – we're going to get in more back into WWE over the next couple of weeks – as we get closer to Survivor Series, um, I'll ask, you know, a Tone's thought at the end of anything WWE related. But we're getting into this full gear pay-per-view that comes on Saturday night. We're getting kind of hyped. We waited for you to talk. We're going to go through some super fast predictions here shortly. But how the heck we doing? And, uh, you know, what, what's going on? Give us, give us some heat. Gentlemen, 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 great day, great day to be alive. Uh, snowing today, we got our first snowfall this year, so that was a little whack. Uh, not used to that when you see it for the first time of the season, but that's a Chicagoan's lifestyle for you. Uh, you know, things are going, guys. Uh, Bucketeers has been busy. We had a pregame show on Sunday that did great numbers, great ratings, and great views, so that was a lot of fun before the Germany game. And uh, now we got a bye week, so I'm yet to map out my plan of attack for this week and next week's Bucketeer schedule. But personally, I'm loaded with great events coming up. I got AEW with the gentlemen coming up. I got Colts Eagles coming up. I got Bucks Browns coming up. I got Bucks Saints coming up. We got Bulls uh, Knicks coming up. Just going to be a great month and a half now through the holiday season. And we got some good wrestling pay-per-views to sandwich that all in and more and we got a lot of great stuff going on never a dull moment never a dull moment and indeed uh you know we're getting back into that mode of i still it's it's still hard for you because even for 
us who watch uh, AEW uh, more consistently, like Tones and I, or Cleveland who follows from afar, we're not, we have the schedule kind of down, uh, but it's not like born in our blood and veins like the WWE. You you smell when Royal Rumble season's coming, leading in the mania. Uh, it's starting to finally stick with me. Like I know because it's in I'll Chicago. Tell you, I'll we tell always. You what- I know the three. I know the three of them. Around Thanksgiving, you get full gear, and then Labor Day and Memorial Day weekends, you get two of them. If they have another, which I think they do somewhere in the mix, I am not sure where that one falls into place. But I know their big three usually go Thanksgiving, Memorial Day, and Labor Day. Everything else, I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, and I I know the. I know the one in September, but I know the Labor Day one best because it's always all out Chicago and they go crazy for that. You are right, though, because I always remember with Memorial, they're always on that weekend and half the time I'm busy, half the time I'm not. When I'm not, it's great. You get an extra day off. You can watch. have a blast. We had our fantasy football draft uh, the night of the AEW all-out pay-per-view, which was great. So we're getting more used to it, but – you know, one thing to that point, and then we can move on to the predictions. Uh, feel free, both of you, to chime on this. They, I think they – and th- I'm not saying this is better or worse, but their four pay-per-views to me, and this is to me, I think it's double or nothing, all out, uh, full gear, and there is a fourth one. I, I, I'm They have a lot of different shows, but those, those main three or four, they don't – label one to me as a wrestlemania they're all kind of even and to me they do that because they don't overload with pay-per-views uh like i said not right wrong or indifferent you people might think wwe has too many aw has too few i'm just interested in your guys opinion on the strategic difference it seems to this point in my eyes that they're everything's more even because they have fewer than trying to build up to one mania and then restart that show any thoughts on comments on that? Uh, well, to me, I've always saw All or Nothing as their main pay-per-view because it seems like usually when that roll around, it's sort of a big hype toward it. But I think as a young company and they don't use that many pay-per-views, I think it's I, – I can understand why they don't hype one above the other just because, you know, when WWE does WrestleMania, we know that right after Mania, it's a slow – three or four months build up really until the next big pay-per-view, which will be SummerSlam. So Correct. It's, it's sort of like we called it the off-season, which it was the off-season. And I think as a young company, you don't want that because you want to keep getting your viewership and your followers up instead of having – WWE can afford an off-season. They've been around since the 50s and whatnot, and they can afford a few – crap pay-per-views here and there but as a new company which AEW is even though they're three years three years they they really can't afford multiple crap pay-per-views like WWE they give us two crap pay-per-views then one big pay-per-view where I, know, I see your point uh, that's fair yeah you can say well uh, I don't you know the last two pay-per-views were crap but they nailed it on SummerSlam so I guess I can forget about the two crap ones but AEW at the moment doesn't have that benefit of the doubt like WWE does. I think you raised all good points there. Tones, your thoughts on that uh, topic. Yeah, I think you guys make some good points as well. First and foremost, I totally get where you guys are coming from in the sense where they all feel the same because there's not a lot of them. And I think that's what they want the people to 
think when these pay-per-views occur that they're all just as important and equal to one another because as Cleve and you mentioned newer company you know I think we all know the Labor Day and Memorial Day pay-per-views are probably their biggest two those are the ones they try and push but at the end of the day they do a good job of keeping it equal as Cleve alluded to they can't really afford to have the nine to twelve pay-per-views a year and have Half of them, not saying WWE is half every year be stinkers, but we've seen some years such as 2019 or 2020 when WWE, half their pay-per-views were stinkers. Now, Cleve said they could afford that. They've been around forever. People are going to buy those pay-per-views no matter what. We've seen their down point in stomping grounds. AEW is way too new of a company to try and attempt pay-per-views like that all the time, get the results of a stomping grounds, and have a likelihood of bouncing back from that. As they have it now, these four pay-per-views will always do pretty good numbers in terms of buying it on on pay-per-view and attendance because there is only four of them. And to me, that does make them feel special for AEW. Now, I like WWE's mantra as well. I love the feeling of building up to their bigger and better pay-per-views like the Royal Rumble and like WrestleMania as the calendar year goes on. WWE is engraved enough into the company and into the business where they know where they can have an off season. They know where they can have better pay-per-views, et cetera. They're, they're just good with all that stuff. But for now, AEW trying to get on their feet and they've done a pretty good job of that in my part. They've uh, maintained a decent loyal fan base. I think that's how you do it as a newer company. You don't want to get the WCW vibes and try and, be a WWE equal right off the bat because that could put you in bad competition. And, and and that's where you might not last is when you try and do blow for blow with the WWE, how they're doing it now is appropriate. You have one, two hour show, one, one hour show, four pay-per-views a year, two dark shows a week. It, it lines up like a lesser version of WWE, but at the same time they're putting out the same quality content as WWE, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I want to be clear because a lot of people will go on these websites or the AEW, you know, like the people who religiously watch and follow. We are not – a lot of these websites, we're not talking about, you know, for 2022 they had 18 events because they have their – kind of like NXT more does it, but they have their Fighter Fest, they have their Battle of the Belts, all that stuff. We're not – they are not, in our eyes, pay-per-views – are on the weekends that you know, you know, pay-per-views are not held on a raw or a SmackDown or a dynamite. So we're talking about uh, the main four, as we alluded to, when it comes down to the big four, as uh, we see it. And as many do, you have double or nothing. We mentioned you have all out, you have full gear. And the fourth one, I believe uh, is revolution, mm-hmm. AW revolution, because that's in March and that lines up. Yep. That's true. That is correct. So those are the big four we're talking about. I, we know they have Battle of the Belts. We know they do the Forbidden Door, um, which is like an overseas pay-per-view for WWE. We we know they have, you know, all their uh, Fight for the Fall and all that stuff. But we're talking about when it comes on the main event. And I, I like how both companies are doing it. I think we to wrap this whole story up, WWE uh, can push the envelope a little more, have more content, have more things, more history, more following. AEW, um, you know, don't bite off more than you can chew. Have your big four and keep building it up. I think it's perfect, um, and most of us agree the way it's going there right now. Let's, though, do it. Get into th- – there's nine matches on the card. 
Okay, boys. So we're going to break it into three, three, and three. We're going to go through three matches right now. Talk about some three matches right now. Talk about it and come back. And then we're going to get the heck out of here. We're going to start from the bottom and go up. Well, we got some matches coming up this Sunday or uh, Saturday, I want to say. And Cleve, we obviously are used to Sunday pay-per-views. But in wrestling, before we get to our predictions, I just want to get your thoughts on this. Because between WWE and AEW, we've been seeing this more and more. What are your thoughts of these Saturday pay-per-views? Do you think that they provide a better viewership for the fan base for both WWE and AEW because both of them are doing more of that now? Or do you think that Saturday pay-per-views are bad before we go back to predicting the matches? I think it's I think Saturday works during the NFL season because a lot of people that most likely watch wrestling are, you know, they watch the NFL. They are big football fans so i think that works best because you you don't want to compete with the saturday sunday night games because regardless of who's playing whether it could be like trying to think of the crap team the lions or um the bad yeah lions and browns people are still going to tune in because it is football i think my only thing was with it was just i grew up watching them and i'm pretty sure you remember doing the attitude era even you know ruthless aggression whatnot pay-per-views came on a Sunday and then right after we had the recaps on Raw and SmackDown that followed up. So I think it's a big adjustment for a lot of the older fans to get used to, but I think it works well too because a lot of people work on Mondays. And remember back in the day, pay-per-view, especially WrestleMania, used to be on from 5 to 10 o'clock and then you have to go to bed and get up and work the next morning. So I think I think Saturday will become the new norm just because you can watch it and then you can enjoy NFL Sunday, or you can just relax on your Sundays and then go to work on Monday instead of, you know, watching football and wrestling, trying to do all that, everything on Sunday. Because Sunday is people relax day. So I do like the direction it's going with Saturday, but I do understand people not liking it because they're so used to it being on Sunday. And real quick here, Joe, we were just talking about Saturday, Sunday, how we're kind of seeing a newer trend of shifting to Saturdays for pay-per-views more so than Sundays with both WWE and AEW. Cleve, I agree with you completely. And I also think that it's a better idea for a fighting sport at times. At times, Sundays are still appropriate at times, but we see UFC and boxing on Saturday nights. I think it kind of has that big night type fight night type feel to it for WWE and AEW on Saturdays. Yeah, and thank you guys for taking that a minute with all the money I pay. So get some crap connection sometimes with the snow here, probably going to only get worse. So what we're going to do is, and I do agree, um, definitely I'm selfish. During football season, I want the Saturday pay-per-views. During non-football season, I want the Sunday. Uh, That's how I'm going to go about it, and that's pretty much for selfish reasons. Um, but I think a lot of people who enjoy the NFL tones, would you agree with that statement? Yeah. And, uh, me and Cleve both pretty much agree with you spot on. We both said, Hey, even if Browns and lions are on the Sunday night screen, uh, that's going to just get as many clicks as a pay-per-view for AEW or WWE probably. Exactly. So I love that you guys brought that up. Uh, thanks for filling in that minute. Now we're going to change gears and just go through rapid card of matches and then at the end, after you guys hear all the matches, um, 
outside of Moxley versus MJF, I want you guys to give me a match you're most intrigued by and why. So we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up uh, as uh, Wikipedia is showing the match card to me right now because, you know, we can always 1,000% trust Wikipedia, right? But anyways, Luchasaurus takes on Jungle Boy in what's been a heated rivalry. Jungle Boy's had an injury. Uh, he had an injury for a little bit, so they had to postpone some of these things uh, for him to get to Christian, who then got injured. So Luchasaurus is taking kind of over. They're going to fight in a steel cage match. Should be a phenomenal match. Two very different rest wrestlers. I'm going with Jungle Boy because I just simply like him more. Tones, where are you leaning in this one? Yeah, I go back and forth on this one, but ultimately I, I'm going to give the edge to Jungle Boy here. And Luchasaurus is a great wrestler and does a lot of great things for the company, but once great friends it's sad to see him turn like this no one wants to see these dudes battle it out but i'd go with jungle boy i just think he is more of a i hate to say it like this but future in that company perhaps so um i think that they let him get a big win here yeah and i was about to say before cleve jumps in with his opinion how could you have luchasaurus win uh you know you got to get to christian in the storyline but Maybe Christian comes back this pay-per-view. Maybe he interview, interferes and helps out Luchasaurus. So I'm going to eat my own words on that one. Cleveland, who's your prediction? We got two Jungle Boys so far. Be a clean sweep from the few times I've seen Jungle Boy matches and, you know, just stuff evolving Jungle Boy. I see, like Tones mentioned, he has a brighter future in AEW, and I just kind of like his wrestling name, Jungle Boy. I think that's a pretty unique name. So clean sweep on that one. Clean sweep. Now we're going to go with an oldie and a goodie. I love this tag team match. Uh, maybe now a little more because we met one of the gentlemen, Mr. Tones. But I'll go last on this one. We got T. That's Jeff Jarrett. Him and Jay Lethal taking on the longtime tag team now of AW, Sting and Darby Allen. Who you going with? I'm going to give the edge to Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, and we've seen this tag team work together before. This isn't their first match together, sure, maybe in this promotion, but we've seen them show good chemistry before in Ric Flair's final match. They teamed up against them. That was Flair and Andrade, and I thought that Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal actually looked like the better team out there. Obviously, they were going to give the pinfall to Ric Flair because he's the nature boy, one of the best of all time wrestling wise and it is his alleged last match you know the guy's a little bit like brett Favre, so we can't trust him with his retirements on that front he could come back we've heard his retirement plenty of times before but with that being said you see why they gave the pinfall to flair nothing against the other guys but uh darby and sting that is i think they're a great tag team but we've seen them get the highest of the highs in AEW. we've seen them at the lowest of the lows and uh they've been there before Jeff Jarrett just came over to AEW, and to be honest, he is an older gentleman, but seeing him in person and seeing the things he could still do, I, I, I'm i a true believer that he could compete at a high level still, barring his age. We've seen him in person. He looked fit. We've seen him in that workout room. He didn't leave, looking around for the man for hours and hours and hours, but he kept running on that treadmill. So he's in great shape. Jay Lethal's a great wrestler. I'm going to give it to my man, T with the guitar in hand, smashing it through someone's head and winning the match. Cleveland, 
who you going with? Well, Tones just made a lot of very good points. You know, I was going to pick Sting and Darby, but I think I picked Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, I was surprised Jay Lethal still wrestles. I remember him from the original Impact days, and he was a pretty great wrestler over there. So I'll go Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Man, and I hate, you know, to do a clean sweep again, and I was going to totally disagree before Tone started commenting, but a little bit of what he said and then a little bit of my imagination played out this scenario. I think that Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are going to win. Why? Because I think it's now or never for Sting and Darby Allen to turn on each other and have a rivalry before. Sting's not going to be able to keep doing this forever. He doesn't even do singles matches. You don't have to, you know, you could do a one or two match uh, storyline with him and Darby, but you, as time keeps going, the older these people get, now is the time to me to have Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett win, Darby and Sting go at it with each other and have a little rivalry there. Um, do I think that's going to play out? No, but that's what I want to play out. So I'll go with the clean sweep. And on the first two matches, we all agree and be real next match woman's match talk about two huge names in the industry Britt baker uh versus soraya formerly known as page and wwe of course boys i'm gonna start with this one the thing i'm really looking for is to see how soraya's first match back goes i want to see how she moves uh in the ring and uh if she could live up to the hype that has been back on her since she's been in AEW. But that being said, I don't care what she does to make the comeback. I'm going with Dr. Britt Baker. She is the woman's face of this company. Uh, She does not have to be the title holder to be the face. Uh, To me, that's how far ahead of a lot of these women wrestlers in AEW she is. I think it will be a little bit of a... uh, I don't think it's even going to be a long, long match either because, you know, even though you could practice and do all that until you get under the lights, under that live crowd, uh, it's going to take a little bit. So I was just not going to go back to old form as she formerly was Paige in WWE. That being said, I'm going with DMD Britt Baker. Cleveland, your thoughts and tones rounded out. You know, again, Joe, you persuade me. I was going to say Paige only because they just bought her back. This is her first match. Are you excited for her? I am excited for her because she's been through a lot in her career. She's had a lot of injuries. And regardless of how you feel about a person, to see them come back after being told they can't never do something they love again, it's sort of a feel-good type moment. So it'll be really good for her to get the win, but I just I don't think – I don't know too much about Brent Baker, but I do hear her name a lot. And she seems like a very important person over there. So I think her picking up the win would make more sense than Paige because they can always spin the story. Paige is a little rusty in the ring. She has a wrestler in a while. You know, I think it's more to see how she reacts under the lights again than just her getting the win. Huh. Jones, give us your prediction. I just got an email saying, Urgent, your Hulu account is on hold. Don't care. Don't use Hulu. Tones, what's your prediction on this match? Did I persuade you? Are you going with old reliable? Well, I I can't really lie. I have tuned you out because I am watching Glorious Match and on this television right now. And 
Bowling Green was getting 17 and a half tonight, and they're up 21 to nothing. It's a little snowy out. Underdog on the road. 17 and a half point dog. Underdog, underdog, underdog. Paige is an underdog, and I think she goes into those conditions on Saturday, and I think she gets a very heartwarming W as an underdog. You got to look at the conditions. It's her first match in forever, which means she's fresh, allegedly, or first big match in forever, I should say, which means she's allegedly fresh. She's She's got them excitement. I, I'd turn it from jitters to excitement. I think she's going to go out there, and I love Dr. Britt Baker, Dr. DMT, but tonight I think, or not tonight, but on Saturday I think it will be the night of the underdog. And I think that Paige finds a way to keep chugging like Bowling Green is right now. Tough conditions on the road. You seem down and out. Your season seems over. Right when it seems over, you flip a switch. Bowling Green gets into a bowl game with the win. They get their great moment this year. And Paige gets into the W column with her win. I, I break down wrestling like I break down my sports. And I love that. Gentlemen, we could sit here all day and just always – pick the favorites but we don't do that you, you got to look at this like it's a real sport and that's what we're doing that's how we break it down and that's why i'm going with Paige, the underdog in this one yeah and uh love how you bring the comparison into it there but uh i was gonna say something off of another point of yours too that i really liked and i freaking just got sidetracked by looking at the next match i wanted to talk about don't get me uh oh i want to get it if for our event next week i mentioned it's the people are going to aew dynamite next week Britt baker might be the shirt i gotta look up right after this and see if we got any i gotta see if there's any good Brett, uh baker gear out there that's exactly what i'm gonna do because i already got the adam cole AEW. I might as well uh get a little merch and do it that way anyways moving on to the other woman's match uh, boys, we're going to move along the next few quickly. Uh, these next two women's matches, we're going to do them both at the same time. We have the TBS championship match and the AEW women's uh, world championship match. It's the interim title, though, similar to when uh, you know Moxley had it when Punk was out. In the first match for the TBS championship, we have Jade, uh, Jade Cargo versus Nyla Rose. I'm going to go with Jade Cargo. She's been the champ. Uh, they keep building her company. Uh, character up no reason for her to lose now and then tony storm versus jamie hater i'm telling you right now that's gonna that's gonna be my bathroom break match i'm gonna go tony storm yeah i'm gonna go with storm and i'm gonna go with jade cargo cargill and i'm actually looking forward to watching jade she's a good competitor over there in the women's division yeah, the other one's got pop your popcorn or take a pisser and all over it, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going with Tony Storm. I'm being a little bit of a hater on hater, but that's how you got to do it. I want my girl Statlander back. We might see her this weekend. You never know. She's been out a while now, but uh, she's nearing a return from injury. So perhaps look for uh, Statlander to impact one of those matches perhaps kind of like bailey came back perhaps the statlander will come back at this one yeah and who knows what type of return we get cleve do you agree on the winners and um tony storm do you feel like uh i, I don't she's an interim champ but i just don't feel like she has the factor to be the full-time champ and be the face 
And further, Cleve, uh, is that your bathroom break match as well? Because uh, it's ours. So are, are you taking a bathroom break during that boring match? <laughs> well, I think you guys both hit it on the head. Um, the first one, I think, last name is Cage. Um, the TBS one, I've been reading a lot of stuff about her. It seems that she is a lot of potential about her, potentially being a star of that woman's division someday. I saw she was recently ranked top five woman. So... Of course, go to that one. And then Tony Storm, another one I think that would be let go. She was a had a lot of potential. Uh, so clean sweep on this one again. And I'm going to be perfectly honest, Tones, not to sound like this type of person, but a lot of women matches to me are usually bathroom breaks. Ooh. All right. Hey, and I mean, sometimes – it is I guess what it is. You might be drinking a lot and uh you know you might have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I understand. Oh man, uh, as I was just looking up, I was trying to find uh some of those women's records over the past year. While I do that, let's jump into the four-way match for the ROH World Championship. We have Tones' guy Chris Jericho. We got Brian Danielson. We got Claudio formerly known as Cesaro, and we got Sammy Guevara. Uh, Sammy Guevara showed up to some event over the weekend, and totally people were not interested by him, but although I do like him as a character. Uh, in this match, who you boys going with? I mean, you got your old balls. You got your Cesaro, your Jericho, your Brian Danielson. You got the young guy, Sammy Guevara. Tones, let's start with you. Who's taking home this ROH World Championship? It's no doubt Jericho, and again, I'll say it when you watch Jericho, He's still got it. He's flying around out there. Great presence on social media. Great man of the brand for AEW. He doesn't shy away. He's not one of those, you know, uh, soft bodies. I'll put it nicely. He was going to use a word that starts with a P. But he's not one of those people who refuse to talk about the other brand and tip their cap to the other brand on social media is when needed. I think Chris Jericho is a great man, and I think he's a better person. I think he's a better competitor in the ring, and I think that AEW needs to keep letting him do his thing. I think they got to keep him heavily involved. Who's to say that Jericho doesn't go back? I know he re-signed not too long ago with AEW for a couple more years, but this man has a lot left in the tank. You want to keep him happy. You want to keep him around. We see it all the time in the WWE when they get their legends to stay around after they're done wrestling, kind of. You know, you see them in and out all the time. You see a guy like Kurt Angle working behind the scenes over there, et cetera. Um, uh, Hurricane Helms, all those guys are working behind the scenes over there. So I think it'd be a great idea if AEW could keep Jericho happy, keep Jericho involved, keep Jericho as a top guy of the brand, let him win this. Uh, Cesaro, good guy, nice guy. Got to meet that guy, but I don't think it's his time. Sammy Guevara. Uh, good character. I like his character, but he's kind of a little douche. And then you got Brian Danielson. No, I, I, I'm sorry to say it like this, but it's probably not long until he's out with an injury again. So I think you have no choice. But wow. I, I mean, come on. Come on. That's that's not being unrealistic. Tell me where I'm wrong. No, Tell I just said the word wrong. wow. Yeah. and it, I mean, it, it's like saying an injury-prone guy is going to get hurt, right? We could have went into this year and said, yeah, you know, a couple of our guys, like a, you know, we know people are going to get banged up. We could have said Godwin, Ezekiel Elliott, Darius Leonard would have probably got banged up heading into this year. I'm going to say this, this guy is going to get banged up 
in the near future as well. Hopefully it's not bad, but he will. With all that being said, Chris Jericho, baby. Woo! Yeah, what a crock of shit. Uh, Clay, before you give your prediction, I'm on AEW's website. They stopped their power rankings. Last one's August. They were doing them weekly. And then all of a sudden they just stopped doing them. It's like, come on now. That's what I was enjoying. Anyways, Cleve, who you got? Social media manager probably got fired in the punk debacle. (laughs) Could be true. Uh, Cleve, who do you have in this uh, four-way battle? All right, so I'm going to go with Chris Jericho, but I'm going for a different reason. He recently won the ROA's champion not too long ago. I know that the ROA brand, they was just bought by AEW, and I think they're trying to rebrand ROH and build them up. Probably not on the same level as AEW, but somewhat as like probably their, I don't know, like stepbrothers, some type, something like that. And I think it would be Jericho as popular as he is. He is a living legend. He's been wrestling for a long time. I think he's the right choice to lead them into a new era. Uh, Cesaro, you know, I know a lot of people think Cesaro deserves, you know, it's not good in the ring, but there was just Cesaro never had the it factor about him. Guevara, I mean, I don't know too much about the guy, but I know a lot of people don't like him. So, I mean, if a lot of people says it, then it must be true. And Tones, you're just a hater on Daniel Bryan, man. I know he's had his injury pass, but, you know, I I can't believe he's going to shit talk Daniel Bryan like that, man. That's, you, I can't you've done that, that your whole career, dude. You've literally rewind the mean? show. Go back to a year or two ago. I'm you a were Daniel the one hating on this guy, saying that uh, he weighs down the WWE, this and that. I never I, I'm that. saying he's a good wrestler, pal. I'm saying he's injury prone. That's being authentic. Well, he, I'm not going to be a puppet <laughs> and sit here and lie to people and say, this guy's a stalwart who's going to be healthy for 24 months straight, and he's going to go out there and compete. Would you put your money on that? I'm putting my money against that. If you want well, to bet that Daniel Bryan or whatever the hell his name is will be healthy for the next calendar year, I'm here, buddy. Let's ride. Well, I mean, he's been healthy for the most part, so let's, you know. He, wasn't he just out for, like, five or six months? He was out a little bit. Uh, oh, well, then that's a fair comparison. Then, but Now, to go, <laughs> um, yeah, this social media guy handed got fired. They still got CM Punk fucking ranked number, oh, excuse my language, ranked number one. That's just, that. that's ridiculous. Um. You so you both went Jericho. Uh, he is the he did just win kind of recently. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna say uh Claudio gets it, formerly known as Cesaro. I just think that Jericho, he's a busy man, he's traveling. Who knows when his next break's coming up? Um, you know, he won the title, he doesn't need to hold on to it. He's gonna go back into the AEW. Uh, ring and obviously uh, do more matches there and not need to be in story um, title storyline matches. As much as I love Cesario, uh, now known as Claudio, to me, he doesn't get that same pop uh, if he doesn't have a championship on him. Uh, and, he, and he is a fan favorite, so if he has a championship, he can go against a lot of heels and do good that way. So I will be rooting for Chris Jericho, uh, but I'm going to go and be a little bit different and go with Mr. Claudio. That being said, boys, um, we're going with the right now tones before you get out of here. Moxley or MJF and give us your closeout. 
I think it's MJF's time. I really do. I think MJF's going to win this one. I think that it's been a long time coming in the company. I think that they've built him up to a great stature to this point, whether that's more on his or Khan's behalf or the work of them both together. I think that they've done a tremendous job over there. So um, I, I see a really good match there. I see two really good stars competing over there. But if AEW wants to keep one of the up-and-comers in the industry like an MJF, uh, putting gold on him and this, you know, importance of it is a big deal. So I'm going with MJF here. I think it's his time. I'm nothing against Moxley, but he's been, you know, back and forth, winning the belt, dropping it, winning the belt, dropping it. A little exhausting at this point. Let a guy like MJF take it and not give him the Roman Reigns type run, but perhaps a pretty lengthy one. And what do we got? What do we got? Come, uh, you don't know the exact day yet, but I imagine uh, you'll have a show in between the bye week. Definitely. We're going to have one this week still, and we're going to have one or two next week. Uh, again, I'm hoping <clears throat> next week <clears throat> we're thinking that Chris Math is from the Ronnie and T crash show now is going to join us. He's their executive hey. producer. So looking forward to that. Jake Jahimiak is going to join us as well. That'll be before the week. 17 game or the, I'm sorry the week 18 game but our 17th game against the uh, the season against Atlanta our good friend there uh so we got two guests set in stone so to speak for those dates always looking forward to more keep better in the product and uh like I said we're gonna have a interesting show this week a lot to talk about is the corner turn um what's gonna happen next are the Bucks back We'll see. All I know is this. They look better the past two weeks, and a lot of people said they couldn't beat Seattle. They did that. They're not completely back. We got a lot of work to go, but we're turning the corner. And then, uh, yeah, I look forward to just watching football this weekend. Even though no Bucks ball, we got some good college ball. We got some good NFL ball. We got a wrestling pay-per-view, and uh, we'll be at Colts Eagles to take on those trash Philadelphia fans. So I can't Correct. wait. We're going to help out Cleve. Yep, we got to help out Cleve. Uh, you know, well, this guy, though, he probably still is oh. rooting for the Colts. That, that's the type of guy he is. So he's just cynical <laughs> like that. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I love the guy. Good guy Cleve is. But when it comes to sports, he just doesn't have the heart in him like we do. Gentlemen, it's been a beautiful one. Um, it's been a good one. Love you guys, both brothers of mine. You gentlemen be safe out there. And once again... Remember that week one victory. Go Bucks, baby. And that's Tone's way of saying to Cleve, I'm better than you. I'm better than, better than, better than, better than you. Cleve, who do you have in the main event and any response to Tone's? So I think Tone's hit it right on the head. It is MJF's time. I don't think you can convince him to stay if you don't put the world's title on him at this pay-per-view. I know that his contract is coming up soon. I mean, 2024 is not that far off. We all can obviously see 22 yeah. is almost over. I think this, this is a now break, make or break type of moment. And you, and this thing about wrestling is this was the best part about wrestling sometimes is that you know when a guy time is finally near to win a champion, whether it was Kofi Kingston when he won it for the first time, Drew McIntyre, um, Trying to think of guys that wanted Big E, you know, Braun, guys that, you know, it felt like it was their time. Kofi. It's MJF. Yeah, Kofi. Yeah, yeah. 
MJF, it is his time. He is the future of this company. He is the youngest, one of the younger stars on the roster. He should have been world champion a long time ago, but they can right all their wrongs by putting a belt on him this Saturday. Without, and not, I just want to add well, your point real quick before you continue. If they are smart, before I get my prediction and let you finish out your thought, they would put the title on this week with all the changes they've had in titles, with all the confusion with Punk and Moxie having to step it. You have MJF win this title, and he does not give it up until that contract is extended. I, that's that'd be the right thing because they have four the champions been changing hands back and forth. Punk, Am, Ambrose, Punk, Moxie, you know, it's just keep back and forth. So I think AW is smart. They would realize that if you don't put this belt on this man. WWE with Triple H taking over is looking real, real promising at the moment. Would you mind, man? I would love MJF there. Um, he gives me, he reminds me of a younger Miz. They're both cocky, both young, bash. He's good in the ring, phenomenal on the mic, just how the Miz currently still is. And I would love to see them two go out in a promo, word for word tearing each other apart on a mic in front of a live audience so and one last thing would you rather would in 2024 will mjf and cm punk be a part of wwe one both or neither oh i think you had to think about it right now the only way punk would ever come back is if him and triple h were to seriously sit down and hash it out because I just don't think at the moment Triple H will want to handle the issues that Punk is a locker room guy. And unless he has a late career change like Dwight Howard had, where a lot of people viewed him as a locker room problem and he came to the Lakers and won a championship, a different man. If Punk can have a change like that, willing to put over young stars, then I, I think it can work out. But at the moment, I only see MJF coming. I can't see Punk at the moment with the guy and the guy he is. Yeah, and if I had to put money up, I'll say I'll take the safe bet right now and say neither. But I held out a lot more hope for MJF. Uh, that being said, I hope MJF wins, and I think he wins. Uh, love Moxley, but he's done enough. He he needs a little bit of a break. He needs a blow. He's been put his body through hell over the past year after rebounding well. Uh, from his problems going to rehab and all that. Love the guy to death, but it is MJF's time to take this home and close out the full gear pay-per-view. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for staying with us throughout this show tonight as we fought through. Hey, we missed some time. We wanted to bring you extended. We did that. We went well over the hour. We covered WWE and AEW. God bless. Good night and stay safe, everyone. It's the most important thing you can do in this world today, right, Cleveland? Let's stay safe and God bless. God bless. Good night, fans.